Hi, everybody. Good morning. I'm not an angry person. <laughs> oh, boy. Anyway, so listen, uh, here we are. Welcome, everybody, online. We love you. Uh, I want to give a special thank you to Bruce Stone for sharing last week. In fact, let's do that with our hands. He did a great job. He had me, he had me laughing hard a few times. I love bull, the bull story especially. <laughs> I wish I could have met bull. <laughs> but anyway, and I also want to thank the worship team for stepping up and covering without me. Um, I'm going to be honest with you, I kind of enjoyed not having to work on a Sunday. It's been years. <laughs> I mean, if you count, never mind. <laughs> That's my own business. I'm sorry. Baggage. It's been like five years since I've had a Sunday off. Anyway, um, so what we're going to do today is I've got a short one, famous last words, but it's true. Uh, I normally come with five pages. I've got two. So uh, what we're going to do today is we're going to do something that's not necessarily in my wheelhouse, which, again, is sort of weird. We'll figure this out. But we're going to talk a little bit about, about worship today. Not just worship, worship. We're going to talk about musical worship. Um, just feel like God wants to talk about it. So guess what? That's what we're going to do. Now, here's the thing. The hard, one of the hard parts about keeping the command of gathering, because by the way, um, coming and gathering is not a suggestion. He says, do not forsake the gathering of, together of yourselves. Right, Bruce? Uh, King, creator God, daddy's not asking you to do it. He's telling you, get together with other, be- uh, with other people. But I don't like people. Well, I don't like you either, but you've got gotta to get through that. Um, anyway, one of the things that matters about getting together corporately is musical worship. Because here's the thing, right? We're all built differently. And I gotta tell you something. Can you turn that down to low? That is really distracting. <laughs> and it can hear it through the recorder. Um, we're all different. I may be a musician, Joe, but I never really enjoyed worship. When I went to a different church, we would always just happen to, good Melanie's not in here. We would always just, darn it, she's right there. <laughs> you all are moved around. Bruce and Brenda, get over here. Get where you are. We rely on you. Um, so, great, I'm glad I saw her before I start telling stories. She used to get so mad at me because we would go late. And, and, and it was kind of on purpose. I'd be like, I'd drag my feet out the door. I, I'm not into, I wasn't into musical worship. Leisha, you're a worship leader. Yeah, I know, but... I don't know, it's just, it's not an area of strength for me. Now, some of you come in here and you tolerate the guy in the shirt talking, but you're here for the worship. I'm gonna put Brenda Stone on blast. She, <laughs> she loves the music, some of, us, some of us do. But, so some of us, and I've heard this before, but a lot of us, um, I, I like to worship through learning. I listen to probably 12 to 14 hours a week, easy, of teaching. I love it. Joe, when I feel like I understand something better, I feel like I connect to God through that. It's not necessarily singing. It's not. So why don't we just cut it all out? Let's look at it. We're going to look at this. Why? Because people have actually said that. They're like, ooh, worship. Especially if you don't. You're lucky. We happen to have a good band up here. But there's some churches where it's like, "Mm, can we fast forward through this? Oh, I got to be nice. Stop it, AJ. So awful. Um, So here's the thing. But um, let's let's look at this. Let's, let's talk about it. Why is it important? Why don't we just come, get a message, prayer, and go home? Now, some churchy people are going to quote this right here. Let's do Romans, please. Teaching book of the New Testament. It says this. In view of God's mercy, offer your bodies as living sacrifices, holy and pleasing to God. This is actually worship. So some people will say, music is not worship. Yeah, you're, you're right. But baby bathwater, like... Don't miss it. Yes, your spiritual act of worship is this. Responding to God's mercy, get it, in view of, this is actually a process. Responding to God's mercy by surrendering more and more of you to him every day, that's worship. But, next slide, please. You can't stop there. 
Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly as you teach and admonish one another with wisdom and as you sing psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs with gratitude in your hearts to God. I'm, just, I'm not going to give you everything because we're not, this isn't theology 101. Like, okay, yeah, you've proven to me we're supposed to sing to God. Yar, yar supposed to sing to God. Do you know what Adam did? You can read this in the books of blah, blah, blah. Um, Adam sang a song in response. You know what they did when the, the waters parted? Go look into the Hebrew Mishnah. They sang a song. Do you understand that? All the time, right? Noah gets off the thing, sings a song. It is right to sing to God. I don't like singing. Well, we're, we're just gonna we're gonna look at this, okay? This is why this is an important part of it. But there's also some personal stuff too, because otherwise that'd be a really boring message. I would say this. That's not optional. Singing and, and raising our voices and, and hitting a harp and lyre and all this other stuff that you could say. We're commanded to praise and worship Creator God with song. So let's get into the message. I got two thoughts on that. I want to talk about musical worship as we gather. <clears throat> Had a few kind of what I thought were cool thoughts yesterday. We are creations. And I know, I, I know I'm a little bit of a hippie up here sometimes, but like we really got to get this. We, we have been made. The, the design, the whole two legs, two eyes, circulatory system, the brain, bacteria inside of us, breathing. It's his patent. He designed it. Do you understand that? Like, as humans, uh, I'll get to this in a second, but we, we have to understand that we are literally creation because then you realize this. We were created for a purpose. Nobody makes something for no reason. You don't. Why would you waste your time? Even art, it's like, oh, it makes me feel to look at that. You know what I'm trying to say? Everything has a purpose. And we as humans, we get so proud because we're at the top of the food chain. We think, oh, you're creation. But you're creation just as much as a grasshopper. Do you understand that? Or a fish. Or a dog. No, I'm a person. No, you can, you can rule over and you can lead these things and you're supposed to. But it doesn't mean you're outside of creation. Does, you get that, Maddie? And we leave that behind and I think we miss a key portion of uh, the experience. You know how people like to connect with nature and connect with living beings? Does anybody like to climb mountains and look and things like this, right? It'll do you well to understand that you're like that tree. It would do you very well. Because then the next question, like I said, you would ask is this. Why? Why, why was I created? You want to know why? To worship. Do you understand that? Bruce, you were created to worship creator. So again, if you, if you lose this idea and think you're above it all, you forget that you're, you're created, that you've got a design and what are we created for? We're created for worship. And how odd must it be, Josh, that some people live this life? I'm not calling anybody out. Sorry, I just do that. Because I look at them like, oh, my pal. Okay. <laughs> I don't want anybody to get offended. Um, how odd must it be, though, if, if, if we were created, as, were created for a reason and, and, and for a purpose, how odd must it be that probably roughly six billion people go against their purpose and don't? Maybe five billion, I don't know. Don't worship. Must that, mustn't that be weird? I'm not coming at anybody. I'm saying, can you imagine if like you made a bunch of stuff and it didn't do what it's supposed to do? Do you get what I'm saying? I almost want to say that it's against nature. You know what I mean? It's like a cat that barks. It's, it's, it's just, <laughs> I mean, I'm being, you, know, you know what I'm saying? It doesn't make sense. Now, I just want to say this. So we were created to reflect creator's glory. We were created to reflect creator's glory, to worship. But let me just... Let me just riff for a second. I had another little hippie thought yesterday. And you know what I love about Only You when we sing Only You? To me, that song, to me, that song is like under a starry night sky. 
and singing, I will worship you. It's just you and me here now. Anybody ever, you know what I'm saying? Like, you guys, when you guys share, when, when people really share with me and they talk about the intimacy that they have with God, it's always a one-to-one experience, isn't it? I don't care if it's in here, because in your mind's eye, if you connect with God and worship in here, you'll forget who is standing around you, won't you? Oh, that's good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But anyway, so when I think of starry sky and all this sort of stuff, do you feel like, can, does, does creation worship God? I want to riff for a second. You know, like, do trees in their splendor as they point upward, are they worshiping God? Is, there's a nice picture of a mountain over there. You see that? You look at that mountain. Is, that mouse, is the mountain worshiping God? I'm going to say yes. No, you don't know why? Because it's doing what creator told it to do. So therefore, doing what you're, what you're designed to do is worship of God. Get what I'm saying? Maybe? Okay, okay. <laughs> are snakes, kitty cats, grasshoppers, are they worshiping God just by being what they're intended to be? And I think the answer is yes. Get it? So look at my cat. I'm like, you're doing a good job being a cat. <laughs> that's all that God told you to do. That's, that's worship. You were created to do this by creator. You're obediently doing it. You are worshiping. You're reflecting creator's glory. Anybody getting me? Do I feel like, I feel like I'm losing you? But I think it's a deeper thought than I, I think it's a really deep thought. So you look, Terry looks out, out, out his window and our grass is all hurting right now because we need rain. But imagine if he sees the green on the grass. Is the green on the grass doing what it's supposed to do? Is it in harmony with creation? Yes, it's worshiping God. Green on the grass is worshiping creator God because all it's, it's doing what it was called to do. Isn't that cool? And we're part of that system when we worship God. When we don't, that's what I'm, I'm actually, can you see I'm like formulating this up here now? When we don't, Bruce, we're breaking that system. We're going against nature. The cat's being the cat, bull's being bull, <laughs> entertaining the ladies, but we refuse to worship. And I can imagine there's like this weird red light or error signal going. That creation over there is out of line with what it's supposed to be doing. The waves are still coming and going. The moon's doing this. The earth, the sun's still shining. But that was created to do this, and it's refusing to do it. Father, what must we do? Cool, huh? And the answer would probably be this. Beckon to it. Give it every chance in the world it can to get in line in the time it has to do it. Call to it over and over and over again, and hopefully it will get in line. So speaking about musical worship, my second thought about musical worship is this. Language, this is so basic thoughts. Language seems to be, or excuse me, music seems to be the language of emotion. Maybe even the language of our souls. You know how I say in the Bible, the mind, your soul, and your heart, they're interchangeable. Open the eyes of my heart, you could be singing, open the eyes of my soul. Your soul is the collection of who you are, right? Your thoughts, your will, your emotion. Or, or, or contemporary songs will sing about heart. Take another little piece of my heart now, baby. That's not contemporary at all. That's 30 years old. <laughs> was that Janis Joplin? It was. Anyway, when she's saying heart, she's saying soul, she's saying mind. I think music is the language of heart, soul, or mind. We all get this because we all have songs that we love to relate to. And nobody, here's the thing too. I've met people who don't necessarily, they're not crazy about music, but no one hates music. I hate all music. Ooh, if I hear music, it makes me crazy. <laughs> you might say, if I hear that type of music, it makes me crazy. Insert rap or country or, or something like that, right? But all of you have some sort of music you connect to. Why is that? Why is that? You notice that? Because I believe it's the language of the soul and of the heart. 
And so I think that just edifies what we're, we're talking about. It is right to worship God with song because it's in line with how we were created. We see it works. We see it. We see that it works and we see why we were created. And we can see that it's in line with how. Now, a guy named Ben Foote at Flatirons made a good point a couple weeks ago. He said this. It wouldn't serve him or us well if we simply came to our gatherings, looked at the ceiling, and were like, thanks, God. It's been a good week. Uh, we worship you. Okay, see you later. It wouldn't, right? It wouldn't connect with the inner parts of us. That'd be our mind speaking, and that's kind of, prayer is, you know, soul and mind, right? But music is, or, you know, spirit and mind, and music is, is soul, if we just spoke the word, I will worship you, Lord, only you, Lord. I'll bow down before you, only you, Lord. Amazing grace, how sweet the sound that saved a wretch like me. Anybody notice I'm going into cronk just then? Saved a wretch like me. Notice, Joe, does it, re- does it resound at all inside? It doesn't, does it? The most beautiful words, right, Bruce? But boy, you, you tighten a piece of steel just so. You get, a, you get a drum and you put a skin over it, and you put that together. Next thing you know, things can happen inside of you, and it produces a visceral response of goosebumps and memory, and a part of you connects, right? We were built to musically worship God. We were. I know what Bruce is thinking right now. Rhythm, I don't remember that. Maybe we'll talk about that after, right? The rhythm, I should have put that in there, but anyway. All right, so it also wouldn't be right, guys, if we came here and heard a sermon. Here's why. Because then we wouldn't have gotten to participate Right? We wouldn't have gotten to say our inner truths. We would just be coming and consuming, not participating and talking to God. Right? That's why we worship musically. Another thought I have on worshiping in song is this. It makes sure you express it. Because, and I've said this before, take this in your marriages and your kids too. Love that is not expressed is really not love at all now, is it? Love seeks to be expressed. Love that is not expressed, you can question the validity of its love. I know that's deep, y'all are looking around. Grace, mercy, reckless love, whatever it is, he reveals it, and in musical song, we, we, we reflect it back to him. Isn't that cool? He, he deserves, yeah, yeah, yeah. I want to talk about the love thing. Love demands to be seen, heard, felt, and shown. That's what love does. And with God, it is right that we express our hearts because he deserves it. You know, that's the thing. Uh, that was another thought I had riding on a motorcycle today. Beautiful blue sky. I go by these really cool swamps that I kind of want to fish. But um, the thought I had was, I'm going to give all these thoughts about worship. And you want to you know what the truth is if I cut the crap for a second? You get to worship God. Like, I'm sitting here and I feel like I'm saying, guys, please worship God. Like, what is wrong with you? You get to worship God. Does anybody else feel that way? Mary Beth, do you walk in here and go, yeah. Oh, good. they're going to play that song? Because when they, they play that song, I get to sing extra loud. Reckless love of God. I love it. Well, I get to pick the songs. And I think, yes, this one I get to open up a little bit. Express my, I get to worship God. Right, Bruce? You, and then you and I think about India, how the government just made everything Christian illegal. Illegal. They have to hide to go worship God. Other places, you guys, I'm looking around, I see one, two, three, at least three people who've gone to places full of sand 
with rucksacks on and guns, and those people, are they free to worship? No, they're not free to do anything for the most part, right? And yet we drove our vehicles together today around smiling faces, and we all gather and say, hey, you who gave me my daughter and my son, you who, she was wildly, wildly premature, and yet she's here, and you who gave us this baby, all, we get to worship you. Like, well, I don't know why I felt compelled to say, oh, please. You get to, man. The one that got you, your husband, your wife. Your parents are still here. Whatever. Three heartbeats I didn't make happen just happened. Thanks, God. Right? Have you seen your circulatory system? <laughs> man, we get to worship God. But back to these nerdy uh, sound and fury points I have up here. It's responding to something he revealed about himself. And here's what's crazy. The more I, more I, I mean, I could have gone crazy yesterday writing this, but it's worship and music is responding to that whatever he's revealed about himself. Like, if he chooses to reveal to you grace, what do you do? You sing about grace, right? But all you're doing is responding to what he told you about himself. All you know is what God has made known about himself. It's so crazy that it's so about him. Don't we get there every week from here? From here? All of a sudden we realize, like, by the time we leave here every day or online, I, I tell you what, religion has no place in this place. Well, let me try, let me try. Even your own worship, he enables you to worship him. <laughs> hey, you know what you're saying about reckless love, yeah? Who showed you that? You did. <laughs> Do you see what I mean? It is right to worship God. He deserves for us to push past our, our comfort zones and express ourselves to him. And I get it. Look, I get it. I'm, I'm a talker and I'm an expressive, passionate person. I get that. So I, it only took me a few weeks at the old church to get one hand in the air and maybe a couple. Okay, it got there. It got there. It got there. Maybe it took a couple months. Some people, I get it. You're not very expressive. You're not the kind that are going to dance at a wedding. You're not the kind that are going to sing real loud. In fact, if you did, we'd probably have a problem because you're tone deaf. <laughs> God doesn't mind if you're tone deaf. But anyway, um, you know what I mean? I get that. But no matter who you are and how you were created, God still deserves us to push ourselves out of our comfort zone and express ourselves to him. It will look differently for everybody, but he deserves it. For all he's done. And like I said, I know some of us will never get a single hand in the air to surrender or adore, but he deserves for us to grow in it and challenge ourselves out of, out of our comfort. In the same way that your spouse deserves you to become the person who gives them attention, affection, and affirmation, God deserves you to grow and praise him with more of you. I said it now. So, um, now, I, I got some practical game film type, uh, type of coaching for worship here. For, for those of you at home, um, oh, for those of you at home, some folks here like to worship. I thought you always shut that off. <laughs> um, no, that's all right. Um, for those of you at home, I know you're not here, but some folks in this place, we sing like rock and roll worship. We're, we don't have a... Uh, an organ anymore. Um, it's not good or bad. It's just it's just our worship team. Some people here like to, to raise hands, and that's but that's biblical, by the way. It says, "Raise holy hands to the Lord," and I'll explain that really quickly. Officer, what do you say? Freeze! And they used to say, "Hands in the air," right? It's an act of surrender. Do we understand what I'm saying? But it's also an opening of ourselves to a degree. And again, not everybody's that way. But if you do want to wade into the water, let me let me help you out here. If you ever come and see us here at Norwood Free Methodist Church, when you're hearing the songs, you can start like this. Hands in pocket. And you can start with left to right, okay? Like this. If it's a particularly good song, maybe some elbow flapping. 
That's what you can do. And then maybe week two. Remember, this is the rookie stuff. We call this carry the TV, okay? You can do carry the TV. Anybody do carry the TV? A couple weeks in. Remember, you're still rocking back and forth. <laughs> you can go big screen TV, see? That's a little better. Now, if you want to step into the intermediate, Josh, I'm just going to tell you. Here's the next one, ready? My fish was this big, okay? It's a good one, <laughs> okay? And then, ready? I'll step it up a little bit. Hold my baby. That's the next one. Hold my baby. <laughs> and, then, uh, and then, if you're really into it, you go into Mufasa, okay? That's, you won't see a lot of that. We're getting into the heavy waters here, Rachel. Pro, are you ready for pro? This is actually active. You might want to stretch out for some of these. Pro is this, still rocking, still rocking, dueling light bulbs. You might see dueling light bulbs. Ready? This is one of my favorites. This is me if I don't have a guitar. Goal posts with heartburn. <laughs> Just a few in there. And then um, I got to tell you, for, for some real pro stuff, you go like this. You got... You got pointer, hatchet, schoolroom, okay? Pointer, hatchet, schoolroom, okay? And now this is the actual expert. If you ever want to worship with hands in the air, Greg, I'm not sure you'll get there, but I believe in you. You ready? Village people, Rocky, touchdown, okay? That's what you do. Village people, Rocky, touchdown. <laughs> now that's not my material. I got to give Tim, uh, Tim Hawkins credit for that. But uh, I just want to give you some levity and maybe uh, <laughs> let you know where to go from there, okay? So that's, uh, that's it. Gordon's hitting the drums. The guitars are rocking. Now you guys have different things you can do, okay? <laughs> I'm going to laugh at that when I watch it back. Okay, so let's switch gears. We're done talking about worship for a second. We're going to look at one worship tune together. It's one that everybody knows. Apparently, it is sung 10 million times a year nationally in this country. Can anybody guess what song it is? Boom, she got it first, right there. <laughs> Come on down. She's like, no, I'll stay right here. Uh, so what we're going to do is this. We're going to take a song a lot of people here can really relate to. We're going to take Amazing Grace, and we're just going to walk through it. Um, did, you might not know the story. I'm not going to labor it, because, again, we're getting out of here in a couple minutes. A guy named John Newton long, long ago wrote this. Matter of fact, it was the 1700s when he wrote it, late 1700s. He was known as a slave trader, self-professed drunker, womanizer, blasphemer. He had a mom who was a believer and prayed over him and all this and said, I really hope you'll be a minister when you're older. And, uh, but she died when he was around seven. But um, in March 23rd, 1748, uh, Newton remembered, remembered the prayers of his mother because he said later that that was the day that the Lord sent from on high and delivered me out of deep waters. He was the captain of a ship called the Greyhound, and it was thrashing about in a, uh, in a, a North Atlantic storm for over a week. Everything was ripped. The sailors pretty much were convinced they were going to die. And um, when John Newton was too exhausted to pump water out of the, the thing, he was tied to the helm, and he tried to hold the ship on course. From 1 o'clock until midnight, he was at the helm. And he remembered that, that there was a moment when he finally stopped trying to save himself, Joe, and he called out to God. This guy named John Newton. He turned to God, and he stopped trying to save himself, and it was then that he was rescued. Years later, while serving as a minister, now married, well-liked and serving God, and actually fighting against slavery, he was ab an abolitionist, he, um, he continued to, to proclaim how only God's amazing grace could, could and would take a rude, profane, self-slave-trading self sailor and transform him into a child of God. And Newton said he never ceased to stand in awe of God's work in his life. So let's just do this. Let's look at the chorus. <clears throat> the f whatever it is. No, not that. That's the contemporary version. Right there. This is actually called the chorus, I think, apparently. So let's just look at this really quickly. We all relate to this. A spoiler alert. We're going to sing this afterward. 
with all the knowledge of the things I was saying before. We're going to look at these words, pull meaning out of them, and then we're going to have the opportunity to worship God with song. So amazing grace, how sweet the sound that saved a wretch like me. I once was lost, but now I'm found. I was blind, but now I see. What stands out to me, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna give you, I'll just give you my opinions, but what stands out to me initially was the word wretch. We don't use that much anymore, but it still has a stank to it, doesn't it? He's not just saying uh, a lost man like me, uh, a good guy, right? He, he's, he's calling himself a pretty awful name here. It's, pre, it's pretty dank, and here's what I like. I like that he, that he recognized the, the state he was in. Yeah, right, Bruce, right? All of sin fallen short of the glory of God. Let's not, he's not comparing himself to anybody else. He's comparing himself to God. He's saying, I, I, was, I, was, I was bad, man. I, I see myself for that. And I was lost, but now I'm found. I like the back and forth with that, too. He's saying this. He's saying, he's admitting he was lost. And really, guys, this is the gospel, isn't it? This truly is the gospel on one little page here. He's saying this. Getting, okay, in order for us to be found, we have to acknowledge that we are lost. It is that simple. And I don't know, listen, online, I, I, don't, I can't see you, but I know there's a lot of people with a lot of baggage about things. And when you start talking about church, when you mention God, and then when you exclusively mention Jesus, all these other voices come in, and you think about grandma, you think about the hypocrite down the road, you think about things maybe I've said or how much you don't like me, and that's cool. All that needs to go away. Here, here, what's simple, if you can't admit you're lost, you just won't be found, right? It's like that missing persons report. That's got to be filed before people will start looking for you. That's just common sense. And here's him who in the most extreme circumstance says, I'm probably going to die and I don't have any control. Ooh. What do you mean? What, when I, I have no control over what's going to happen in the next couple hours when I die. I'm lost. Can anybody find me? And that's when God showed up. And I tell you what, this song is also a promise that if you ever get to that place... God will show up and, and find you, right? Doesn't he promise that a million times throughout that Bible? I like the good smile, Mary Beth. She gets it. But without, without that, without acknowledging we're lost, without the whole saving a wretch, we don't get the amazing grace. Bruce said last week, grace appears when it's necessary, right? Grace appears, for, appears when it's called out for. Grace appears when it's needed and when we open with our free will and come to it. I'll even tie it back to the previous part of my message. Grace appears when you get in line with what you were created to do and worship, right? Terry, it, you call out. If you ask, you seek, and you knock, it will always be answered. Always, always, always. This is the song we're singing about here. I was in the worst state. I was in the worst condition. And still your love fought for me, right? Reckless love. It's the same thing. I, 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 that's, that's just... Awesome. But anyway, so let's keep going. Uh, the song eloquently lays out what the Bible shows us over and over from cover to cover. I could say this from the Beatitude, blessed are the poor in spirit. Realizing spiritually, you're broke. You don't have anything to offer God. And some people struggle because there are people in this world. Okay, 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 okay. All right, that's fine. So John Newton was his name, right? You don't think John Newton said in those waves, you don't think he said, what kind of God would rescue a man who owns other men and women. 
but you don't know what I've done, God. Anybody ever have those thoughts? It's fine for all these people, but they've never killed anybody. It's fine for all these people, but they've never done this, this, and this. This song is a constant reminder that there is nothing. You can't out-sin the love of God. Because it's amazing grace. Grace is crazy and ridiculous too, by the way. Lots of people have a problem. They think that if you focus on grace, it's a license to sin. Have you met grace? When you're in the arms of amazing grace, the last thing you want to do is disappoint the one that held this hand out to you. Amen? You really think I'm going to turn my back on the guy who pulled me out of this orphanage? You know who I used to be, man? With all these other schmucks, alone, lost, divorced, broken, addicted? No, I'm going to do what I'm still going to sin. I'm a human being, but I'm going with him. And you know what got me there? Grace. And here's the thing about amazing grace, ready? It doesn't stop the day you're converted. If you stop being an atheist or an agnostic, because whatever reason you're hanging on to, and you say, I'm going to follow Christ Jesus, I believe he leads me to where I'll be safe. If today's that day, you all know it's grace. But in two weeks, when you're still struggling with that addiction or whatever it is, there's still going to be grace. And I don't know why in churches we're so scared to say that, because if you, if you minimize his grace, I personally even think that's blasphemy. Don't you tell me I don't love my kids this much. Get it? Don't you dare tell my kids I'm going to stop loving them if they do this, this, and this. I don't care if my son is on death row for mass murder. Can I tell you something? I'm his father, and I'm still going to love him. Doesn't mean I agree with everything he does, but I don't withdraw my love. Why? Because inherently, as a dad, Joe, we have grace for our kids. You may want to kill them, but you don't, right? All five of the stone kids made it to adulthood. <laughs> they may have gotten left here or there. I've heard those stories. <laughs> Brenda laughs because she's the one who told me. But why? Why do we, listen, what I love about Amazing Grace and why we sing it 10 million times is because it smells like truth. The devil's the accuser of man and the devil's a liar, right? When you woke up this morning, Brittany, you woke up to Amazing Grace. I don't doesn't matter what you're thinking about at the current time. God has chosen to be gracious to us, right? Next one. Let's just do another verse or two and get out of here. It's even grace that taught me to fear. Do you know how profound that is, Bruce? It was grace that actually taught my heart to fear. Wait, great, grace teaches you to fear? What? Number one, there's three different fears in the Bible, and fear usually means to trust the intention of. In other words, some of you I don't get too much. I get once or twice a year. So I'm going to say this. For those who fear God, when you read that in the Bible, it doesn't mean tremble because perfect love casts out fear. Josh, I don't want my kids to be afraid of me. If they're afraid of me, I failed. What fear usually means when it comes to God means trust the intentions of, trust the goodness of. Does that make sense? Because how could you be, God says, be not afraid, I'm here. But then he says, fear God. I, I, I work for those who fear me. He wouldn't command you to not be afraid of him, but also tell you to fear him. Get it? And perfect love casts out fear. So am I afraid to die and see God? No. Do I tremble before him? No, because he's never hit me. I can trust him. Fear means I trust you. You've got everything I need. I trust your intentions for me. <clears throat> and grace taught us to fear. What does that mean? Grace taught us he can be trusted. We're going to sing this. Every, every mouth in here, and, and we'll leave it running for you guys too, but was grace that taught my heart to fear. Whoa. Only by his grace did he make me realize I can trust him. Without grace, 
you have no idea if you can trust the fire on the mountain, right? Holy Spirit, this guy Jesus walking around. It was grace from day one. Some of you, I can feel the religion falling off you like chains. It wasn't my good behavior that taught me I can trust God. It wasn't when I cleaned up my act that I can trust God. No, I'm still this. I'm still broken, but I can trust you because of your grace. What's grace, AJ? Hard to define, but I'll tell you this. Grace is getting from God that which we do not deserve and could never earn. That's the best I can do. Mercy is, have mercy. Don't give me what I deserve, right? I'm guilty, please don't, whatever. Have mercy. Grace is giving me what I don't deserve. I don't understand the overwhelming, I don't deserve, the overwhelming, never-ending, reckless love of God. That's just grace. That's grace. That's what grace is. And grace, my fear is relieved. <laughs> oh, man, he's, he's a poet, right? And how precious did that grace appear? When does grace appear in your life? And then we'll shut it down. I'm tired of hearing me talk already. You know when grace appears? The day you say, I don't have it figured out. I, I need you, Lord Jesus. That's it. And I'd love to hear some of your stories. I know some of them. How precious did the grace appear the hour I first believe? Believe, believe, believe. Believe is this. Jesus, you are who you say you are. And you'll do what you said you'll do. And you may only know one thing. God, for God so loved the world, he gave his only son, that whoever believes in him will not perish but have eternal life. If that's all you know, put your belief there. That's all you got to do. Just say, yeah, that's true. And the hour I first believed, listen, if you're sitting here and, and again, nobody's coming at you and I don't have a dog in the fight and I'm not your dad, but if we don't believe Jesus is who he says he is, then you're saying it's not true. Now that I would be afraid of in the proper way of saying fear. Bruce, do you understand what I'm saying? If someone's sitting here going, nah, I don't believe. Well, that means the claims he said you said are invalid. I'd be real careful about calling God a liar. I would be real careful about that. Nah, you didn't rise from the dead. Jesus says, in my father's house, there are many rooms. Come live with me. I want good things for you. I want to give you hope in a future, right? Came that you'd have life and life abundantly. No. Okay. Just be careful. I'm your friend. I'd stop you from running in front of a bus. I, want, I don't want you to run in front of that bus. Either Jesus is the Mashiach, the long-awaited one of Israel, the seed of the woman found in Genesis 3, the one in Revelation who shows up with a robe dipped in blood and kill, really wipes off the, the earth with a word. Either he's that or not. That's it. That's all I'm going to say. Let's do one more and then we'll sing it. Get pumped. I know I had to say something hard just then, but the Lord has promised good to me. Do you understand that? I came that they would have life and life to the fullest. What does that mean, AJ? Probably not a Ferrari. Turn that channel. Turn, turn off that preacher, please. But you know what good might be? In your, good might be this, guys. A marriage that lasts and is fulfilling. Good might be kids who want to visit on the holidays. Good might be the, the last day on earth not filled with fear and dread. Life and life to the fullest just might be peace in your home. Confidence in yourself and growth. But he's promised good to me. His word, my hope, secures. In other words, it's about what he said, not even whether we agree with it, honestly. He will be my shield and my portion as long as this life endures. Let's do the last one because he writes it. Um, now, okay, this guy understood something. He's a bit of a theologian too. You have a limited amount of time to do this. 
Okay, we're all going to go the way of Lazarus. What do I mean? He died again, didn't he? Everybody. You have a limited amount of time to either say yes, grace, or no grace. Because the earth will soon dissolve like snow. And the sun will, f- will stop shining. What does that mean? Well, look in Revelation. But God who called me here below will be forever mine. And you know what I like about this as we're talking about it? <clears throat> it doesn't say unless I sin again. He'll be forever mine as long as I'm membership to that church. Take communion. Am baptized. It's a good idea to get baptized, but it's not a prerequisite for salvation. It can't be. The thief on the cross said. Anyway, do you see what I'm trying to say? We'll be forever mine. But what if I, and, 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 and that preacher says I, look, stick to the word of God. Don't listen to us. <laughs> if we ever, you know, conflict the word of God, run, turn it off. God who called me here below will be forever mine no matter what I do. That's tough, huh? Some of us don't even like hearing that. Some of us think that, you know, if we get saved, but if you do this one thing, God will stop loving you. And I got news for you. No, you won't. No, he won't. You can jack up your, what do I say? I'm going to say this strong and then we're going to sing because some of you don't like it. And I'm masochistic. I told you I do this. If I feel resistance, I push. Listen, you can be a Christian and smoke crack. But you'll be a crack addicted Christian and you'll ruin your entire life. But does it mean God's love is withdrawn from you? I don't see it in the Bible, Joe. It's a bad idea. Don't do that. Hello. Do you know what I'm saying? But some of you are so convinced that your worth demeaned and demeaned and demeaned. Who gave you the worth? Creator God. First part of the message. Your creation. Your worth is settled. Your value is settled. God gives you the road to life and life to the fullest. Be faithful to your spouse. Blah, blah, blah. Other good things to do. But don't act like it interferes with the adoption process of amazing grace. And we're going to throw in. You don't need to do this one. The contemporary version of this song a few years ago. Was it Chris Tomlin who threw this on there? I don't know. But my chains are gone. I've been set free. My, my God, my Savior has ransomed me. And like a flood, oh, his mercy reigns. <laughs> Unending love, amazing grace. AJ, why do you always have the booklet? That's why. Because I can't remember all the songs. Um, yeah, throw it up there, Brian. He's itching. I can see it with his finger. <laughs> Just kidding. I like it because you know what? You're set free. You don't have to go back in bondage. It's about what God did. And honestly, grace is like a flood. So let me just wrap up by saying this. With, the, with that understanding, with the understanding that we are commanded to worship with song, that music is the language of, inner be- of our inner beings, that love needs to be expressed. Those are things I said earlier, remember? And that God deserves our expressions of love and for us to press in. Let's sing this song. Let's sing this song. And you know, I'll give you one last thing. I was giving advice to a guy who's going to speak. Uh, he's probably speaking right now, actually, at another church. And he was nervous. Uh, if you're ever a performer, Joe's going to public speak soon. Not that you need the help, but this is what I say to people, and I'm also a vocal coach. Do you know how many people I'm talking to right now? One. One. I'm talking to you, right? Do you care who else is in the room? This is an experience between me and you, right? But it's also between me and you. If you're ever public speaking, you're not speaking to a group. Why do you think I say Joe, Josh, Craig? Because in the moment, I'm talking to one person. You're not going to, in a year from now, if I said something, the Holy Spirit leaves with you, you're not even going to remember who you're sitting with. It's a one-to-one experience, Bruce, right? You're seeing through whose eyes? Yours. The same with worship. God is listening to you. AG's up here singing. I'm amplified because, again, not all y'all can sing so great. <laughs> I'm just kidding. But it's just you and me here now, God. So God's going to look and he's going to see one person in here worshiping. Yeah? Joe smiled. I think he liked it. (laughs) All right, come on, let's do it.
Worship team, assemble. <laughs> Not so quickly, I guess.
was getting this message ready, and as I was thinking about Amazing Grace and knowing we're going to sing Amazing Grace, we just sang about Amazing Grace, but we didn't really sing to the grace giver. And I've been really sensitive about that lately in worship. So we're going to sing to the grace giver. We're going to sing, Thank you, Jesus, just as I am, I come. Thank you, Jesus, just as I am. I, I'm fully here, Lord God. Hallelujah. Oh, what amazing. What amazing love must prompt grace. Thank you, Jesus, just as I am. I, I trust your intentions for me. Forgive us, bring us into your family. I want that. I want 
you, everybody else is singing about you and, and you're theirs, but I want you to be forever mine. And Father, some of us have walls up, you know, where it can't just be that quote unquote easy about grace. But I can just hear the son say, it wasn't easy for me. See, because we know that grace cost you everything, every drop of blood, a brutal ending so that we would be safe. So no, it's not too easy. It was actually very, very, very difficult for our Lord and Savior, Jesus. We receive that today, Father God. Wherever any there is law or religion in us, Father, we give you the permission right now that like a flood, bring your grace in there. Help us to receive your love and your mercy because we know that that's the power for us to become who you have us to be is the acceptance that you freely offer us. changed by your amazing grace. It's in the name of Christ Jesus who alone is King of Kings and Lord of Lords. And we praise and worship and we love you. Amen. All right, everybody, have a great week.